It's Wednesday, October 13th, and you're listening to episode 36 of the Chasing Points podcast, your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's going on? My name's Sam. And I am Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Sam. How are you, Brandon? <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. Awesome. This is, uh, I'm really, really excited about this episode this week for sure. And why is that? Hmm, drama 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 i have tea and a water bottle ready to go for this one there you go well maybe some popcorn it's week five of the nfl seasons in the books we'll talk about it we'll react to it we'll make some picks we'll review our picks from last week spoiler alert we tied <laughs> Kyrie irving's in the news i wonder why uh the yankees suck and of course we're gonna play do you care Right. But for, first things first, did we got to start in Vegas? After we going for a trip, we can. I love the Vegas. Okay, I, I love the Vegas. <laughs> I've I love been, Vegas. I've been multiple times. I enjoyed every single time. Absolutely. Well, if we uh, head to Allegiant Stadium, we're not going to see uh, the head coach of Las Vegas Raiders on the sidelines. John Gruden resigned during Monday Night Football. His team wasn't playing, but just ironically, it was during Monday Night Football after the New York Times released uh, some more disparaging emails. Uh, and we don't really need to get into what were in those emails, but it just had Gruden uh, emailing uh, former executive for the uh, Washington football team, uh, Bruce Allen, some uh, homophobic and misogynistic and everything in between comments. Um those were even the, I believe they were from, you know, up to 10 years ago to a, just a handful of years ago uh, when Gruden wasn't uh, part of an NFL roster. He was working for ESPN. Nonetheless, those emails come to light and Gruden uh, resigns Monday night as head coach of the Vegas Raiders. Your thoughts, Ace? So. To give a little backstory to our end on the Chasing Points podcast, uh, before we started the football season, uh, Sam and I, and we've talked about it a couple of times on here as well, about how the Raiders are going to be, right? Talk. We talked about how, you know, Gruden and Mayock, Mike Mayock, uh, essentially had no idea what the hell they were doing out <laughs> with the Raiders, right? Never at that point in time that I think Sam and I would be sitting here conversing about what we're conversing about today um it's just amazing to me uh and i actually even said this on twitter uh and for those this is also another controversial thing but yeah i'm not going to put my opinions on it uh what happened this news came out of what he said about uh uh demore smith uh the head of the players uh association and it was referring to his lips, which as a black man, that's a quick way to get your ass beat. Got to be honest about it. And you, at that point in time, this was Friday that this came out. Mark Davis had the opportunity to get ahead of this. But yet, John Gruden still coached the team on Sunday which it had to be a mixed bag of emotions for the players that played. Obviously, if you watch football, football is predominantly 
people that look like me. I think it's 70 percent African-American at this point. Um, and that locker room is pretty diverse. So I can only imagine how certain people felt having to go out there and play for somebody that has spoken in such a way about somebody that is also shares the same ethnicity as you. Now, my thing is Mark Davis had an obligation and could have got in front of this and stopped this, but he didn't. It was only until the New York Times released out of the 650,000 emails, which looks like a straight fraternity within that and those email threads. When he said these misogynistic things, along with racial things, and what he called Roger Goodell, the P word, talked about the vice president, and also talked about the LGBTQ community. Only at that point in time did Mark call him in or meet him at the facility, and he the report first came out is that he fired him, and then it said, the cleanup came and said he resigned. Now, my biggest issue and what I was talking about before, and I'll bring it back to make this come full circle, is Dave Chappelle, one of my favorite comedians. In his recent stand-up, he brought up a point, and it's a point that's near and dear to me, and it is controversial, and honestly, I don't care because it's how I feel. In there, he talked about how people that look like us don't get a fair shake. And then on the opposite end, when certain things happen outside of our community and affects other communities, things are reacted upon. Now, you can go and watch the special on your own. I'm not going to dive deeper into that. But the fact is, nothing happened when you came out with this racial stuff towards a man of color. But only until it said all the other stuff did Mark Davis react. So my question, and maybe I can even ask you this, Sam, do you think... Mark Davis was just going to kind of brush that part on the rug and see, hey, we can work through this. And and because it's just that we can get you racial uh, education and and work through this together. Do you think that was his motive or you think he was trying to figure it out or what What do you possibly think? I know to, to be clear, I know you have no idea what he was thinking because you don't know him and you don't know what's going on in his mind. But it just seems too eerie to me that that was OK at that point in time and not necessarily saying it was OK because none of this is OK. But then only until Monday when all the other stuff comes out is when you finally make a move. So, yeah, he sat on his hands. He was probably it seems like at least he was hoping someone else could make the decision or he brushed it under the rug, hoping it would go away. John Gruden, <clears throat> we talked about this over the weekend. Personally, I don't, we both agree that John Gruden should have been coaching that game on the sidelines. I don't think. I don't think there was enough information or we felt like he shouldn't be on the sidelines. I think that much like the urban Meyer, not much like the, they're not the same. These aren't the same things. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is the locker room has to dictate what is next here. You you heard a lot of, a lot of athletes of color of not of that have played for Gruden who have not, basically voice their opinion and those are the guys that are playing for this guy 
and I, they laid an egg on Sunday. We can, I don't think we'll get to it today, but I don't think what on the field is as important right now, but um, I think they were to, I, I really wonder what was going on in that locker room and if how much noise they were making. And it just sounds like maybe Mark Davis was tone deaf to it. Here's a man that over last summer during the height of the black lives matter campaign, he was involved in it. Right. He was trying to get, you know, was trying to, to be, you know, he made some missteps, but he was trying to, to learn and to, you know, to, to be involved. And here's, here's a guy in John Gruden that basically has slapped the NFL with, with everything that the NFL is trying to the, uh, equality that the NFL is trying to stand for now, the unitedness the L, you mentioned the LGBTQ community, the, um, you know, Hispanic community, the, the black community trying to wrap everything involved. He has the first openly gay player on an NFL roster in his club, in his clubhouse, you know? So long, long winded here, but I, I don't know what Mark, you, you're right. I have no idea what Mark Davis is thinking ever. The first thing I would do is get a new barber. I've said that, <laughs> but like he sat on his hands and he hoped that somebody else could do this for him. It sounded like, and I think when the, the, the smoking gun of, of Monday night, that Schefter and NFL Network or whoever released the report first. Um, now, I think it left them no choice. Now this, to me, Sam, screams privilege. This whole conversation screams privilege. A privilege that is not afforded to people of color in the NFL. Now, I one of the first things that I always recommend people to do or not do is when situations like this to go to social media and read the comments. Worst place to go after situations like this. Whether you agree with what happened or don't agree with what happened, there's definitely going to be opposing thoughts and it's going to be extremely inflammatory in there. And that's exactly what it was. And I I perused through some things. And, you know, the part that really kills me is somebody said uh, he's actually a verified person on on Twitter. I don't know what this person does, but had the nerve to say, you know, I find it funny that the NFL is coming and cracking down on them, but they have rappers that are going to be performing on a Super Bowl that have said way worse things. And I said, how do people find these arguments and try to justify these things? Right. It was literally Gruden and his buddies, Bruce Allen and others, other local businessmen in Tampa, which I found out from uh, Stephen A. Uh, this morning. On, it was on, like the uh, owner of Hooters or something. Yeah, 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 in Tampa, somebody. yeah. A bunch of people down there, right? Um, and they're all involved in this. Sending uh, basically uh, top uh, nude pictures of topless pictures of young ladies in there talking what they're talking. And this is all a part of the investigation of the Washington football team, to be clear, and, this- and put that out there. This all comes to light because Bruce Allen, an awful executive, to be honest, ran the Redskins for a while. He was involved with the Bucks for a while. Couldn't use his own private email. Yeah. For not that this stuff has a life, and not that this stuff should be said. Or I'm not condoning any of that. But this whole thing comes to life because Bruce Allen uses his company email to send this filth. Well, he's he's a scumbag, and he keeps showing this too. 
But I, I it's just like I said, this screams privilege to me because John Gruden got up there and said, you know, I apologize. Uh, I'm not racist. I will say this. And I'm sure I'll probably say this again in my lifetime, but I hope I don't have to say this again. If you're not racist, you don't have to get up in front of people and say you're not racist. But if you're using this terminology, which a lot of people use this terminology in their own privacy. Right. And this has been an argument with people that I've seen. He's used this terminology in his own privacy. Within their emails or whatnot, it just so happened to be now put out on Main Street. If you're talking about this, you you felt privilege. You felt the the ability that I can do this and I'm essentially untouchable because of who I am, what I do. If this would have been a black executive in the NFL, you would never got another chance in there. John Gruden's not going to ever get another chance because of all the things that he said. They even right before we started this podcast today, they actually even took him out of the ring of honor in Tampa Bay. So that just happened. So. I say to people, you, this is a wake up call. If, if you don't know what privilege is, you don't understand what the privilege is, look around because people's privileges are getting checked every day. And there's certain things and certain opportunities that you get afforded that other people don't. Look at the NFL. Look at the NFL. It's a prime example of it. These people go out here and they do these most disgusting things. And guess what? Year or two goes by. They come back in the league. They got a job. I sit up here all the time and talk about Urban Meyer. This man has chance after chance after chance after chance. And yet I got to watch people like Mr. Bienemy sit there in Kansas City and have one of the best offenses for the past five years, not even get a chance to be a head coach in the league. But yet you bring this guy that has nothing but controversy from around him into college, from college into the NFL. So what I'm saying is people be self-aware that these, that these type of things are actually going on. And John Gruden gets what he deserves. And I'm sure, Sam, I am so sure that there is going to be so many more people that are involved in these emails that are going to get caught up in this. And I'm curious who exactly. I think I don't. What I think is after Davis didn't do anything over the weekend and miraculously more emails leaked, like who had access to those emails? The Redskin, uh, the football team? or the Raiders and the league office did the league office just like, all right, Mark, if you're not going to do this, I'm going to do it. And just, especially Goodell getting, getting, you know, made fun of and and whatnot. Couldn't have taken that too lightly and, and probably just leak that stuff on their own to just, if you're not going to handle it, Mark, we'll handle it. And, you know, now Vegas is out of football coach. One of their assistant coaches is going to take over the reins. And, uh, you know, it's Mike Mayock's team for now. And we'll see. I mean, what do you think happens in this front office for the the Raiders? You think Mike Mayock's given the opportunity to pick a new head coach and lead this team? Or what would you do if you were the Raiders? I think Dominique Foxworth summed it up perfectly this morning. Uh, Because I was watching Get Up. I watched... uh, uh, which you call it? Why can I think of Stephen A's show? First take. Thank you. Then I watched uh, Colin um, after uh, the herd. So I, I watched some shows just to get and see because I know ESPN brings the they bring the former players with them and they always have good guests with these situations like that. So I kind of just wanted to see things like that. Um, so Dominique Foxworth said, "Don't be surprised if you see the Rooney Rule 
in full effect with the Las Vegas uh, Raiders next year. Meaning he said, don't be surprised. They might even go out and get the first uh, uh, female head coach. Uh, don't be surprised if they hire a lot of uh, black folks to go in there to kind of like say, hey, listen, look, this is what we do. And this is this is the other side, the other side of the coin that I hate is that you did something wrong. Now we're going to do these things to kind of appease you. Don't pander to me at all. Do what's right. And I think, Sam, unfortunately, they're going to pander. I think that a lot of the staff won't be there next year. I think that they're going to try to clean house because they don't want any remnants of John Gruden and what he's there. Because if you think about it, every coach brings in their guys, right? That's what we've heard for all the years that we watched football or sports or sports in general. You go, you're the head coach and then you bring in your guys. So if, if you don't think that there's other people on that staff that probably relate to, to John Gruden, you're out of your mind. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did a, a deep clean next year. Um, if they gave Mayock a chance, they give Mayock a chance. But I know Mark didn't want to do it because of all the money that it was all on the table. I mean, $60 million over the next how many years? I think six. six. He, got, was, he signed a 10-year, $100 million contract in um, – in January of 2018, um, he is. I had some interesting stats here. He's 22 and 31 over that time. They never made the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming he's not getting paid that extra, you know, that 60 million because of yeah. like a morality clause or something. So I'm sure. Um, but still, you know, 40 million dollars, no playoff appearances, and you're 10 games on uh, nine games under 500. So. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see for David Carr. I know they can get out. Uh, not David Carr, Derek Carr. Uh, I, I, this is the second time this week I've done that. Um, uh, they can get out of his contract next year without any kind of like roster uh, penalty. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback too. And um, yeah, I, I I would see them kind of like overreacting. It'd be, be really interesting. Like this is Eric B shot, you know, like that one, that something about that's not, not fair, yeah. uh, but uh, he he's more deserving to be a head coach than any assistant out there. So for sure. Um, the culture definitely needs to change. And I know Al Davis wouldn't stand for that stuff. No, not um, at all. He was, and, he was definitely different from his son for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely. And, uh, We'll we'll see there what what happens, but it was you know on a, a much more um, uh, uplifting note. There was a hell of a week week six in uh, in the NFL. What what stood out to you as we segue? What was the biggest like? Oh damn! Only, <laughs> only one game and one game alone, and that was Monday night's game. While all of this crazy stuff was going on, yep. Lamar Jackson was out there shutting people's mouths. And I'm so, 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 so happy. If he is not the current MVP of the league, I don't know who is. Uh, The man literally brought his team back. I think they were down by 19. 16. 16. Yeah. Came all the way back and won. I literally watched the game and I was sitting there. I was like, wow. It's like the Colts are about to win this. I'm just like, huh, Carson's about Carson to win. Carson looked good, man. He no, Carson good. Look, no, I'm going to get yeah, to him for sure. Okay. Carson Carson looked good, but we're going to get there. I, it's, this is Lamar's time, and he deserves all of this. The fact that Lamar Jackson 
said, you know what? After fumbling the ball twice, technically in the game, well, the first time was actually a real fumble. The second time his knee was down, but so yes, yes, yes. But, and that's, that's one of the biggest knocks that I have on him is like, we know you're going to run and that's no problem. Secure, secure the ball, brother. Cause you are with the ball in your hand. You're, you're pretty much unstoppable. Um, what he did, he sat in the pocket last night and picked the Colts off. They picked them apart. They couldn't do anything. They literally stopped rushing him. I watched them stop rushing him. And he just sat there in the pocket, took all day, and him and Andrews tore that Colts defense up. Hollywood Brown took the top off of it. You had Andrews in the middle. And then people were talking, and I had some friends commenting and some people in my fantasy league, like we were in our our chat, we were talking about it. How do you double-team Andrews when you have to worry about Lamar Jackson? Yeah. And Hollywood over yeah. the top or wherever he goes. It, they literally, when they're moving like this, they are a hard offense to stop because of that factor. Because you know Lamar can take it down at any point in time and score, right? And then with a viable threat as in Andrews. And then Hollywood taking it over the top. Like, it's it's so, so hard. And you know the Ravens defense is going to show up. They, they got tore up by Carson, though. Carson looked really, really good. That's the Carson that I remember from year one that sat in the pocket, that had time, that would pick people apart. Because when pretty much with any quarterback in the league, if they have time in a pocket, they're going to tear you apart, right? But Carson makes it look really good when he's doing that. Uh, he did some a little, a couple bonehead things, but not like normal Carson bonehead things. Uh, the Colts just really lost because of their kicker who had a hip issue. Um, and that's not his fault. I mean, everybody gets hurt in NFL games. Um, he just couldn't come through at the end for him, and that sucks that the Colts play that hard of a game. Uh, but they are now one of four, which I'm not mad at. And Carson played 98% of the snaps, so I'm also not mad. Uh, thank you and thank you. Um, but, yeah, shout-outs to Lamar. I just want to say this. Lamar has – ready? He has – more total yards than 18 NFL teams at this point in time. Jeez. 18. That's Lamar on his own. Has more total yards than 18 NFL teams. Uh, again, if he's not the MVP at the end of the year already what he's what he's done, I <laughs> I, I might I might stop watching football. <laughs> four four forty two in the air, four touchdowns yesterday, no picks, thirty seven for forty three. So he missed six passes. That was it. The, you, you, I don't know if it was a two point conversion at the end or or the last touchdown, but that touchdown where he kind of went sidearm like Hollywood. really quick. Yeah, it was just a, like yeah, geez, was, man, like he just it, the, the it was arm a angle. It yeah. was a touchdown to win the game. It was mm-hmm. just like how how do you look at this kid and like say four years ago, he wasn't a quarterback. He's he throws it so effortlessly, man. You you ready for this? Cause I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that. Just, just remind me to come right back to that. I just want to say there's one more stat. Jackson is the first player to ever throw for 1500 yards and run 300 yards in the first five games. And the only NFL player in NFL history to throw for 1500 yards and rush for 300 yards in a five game span. So he's he's making history in front of us. He's literally creating it in front of us. But Sam, you know, you know what what really 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 irks me 
is there's a particular team that I just so happen to be a fan of that Carson Wentz used to be the quarterback of that traded their pick to the Baltimore Ravens because they had Carson Wentz. And guess who the Baltimore Ravens picked? It was Lamar Jackson. I it believe. was Lamar yeah. Jackson. The craziest thing of that draft is they didn't even they are they used their first round pick on Hayden Hurst, yep. the 25 year old tight end, and then traded back into the first to get that extra year for Lamar. That's just crazy. It's like the Ravens didn't even believe in him. You know, it's like I well that was from a value uh, standpoint. That was what you, what should we call it? It's a last draft. Uh, uh, Ozzy, yeah, Ozzy yeah. Newsome. Yeah. Which, which, if you think of it, that was Ozzy's gift. He was just like, "This is my parting gift to you guys." Yeah, here, here you, go. you go. And Howie Roseman, if I ever see you in person, I'm slapping the piss out of you because this is another, <laughs> it's another quarterback that we could have had. We could have had him. We could have had Russell. We could have had DK Metcalf. I know that's not a quarterback. Could have had Justin Jefferson. I mean, okay. You get the point. Uh, so, yeah, Sam, that was the game for me, for sure. Um, that game was great. I didn't turn it on until I, tu- I watched the beginning of it. Then I was watching something with my wife. And after the news broke, you texted me. I got the the alerts. Um, after halftime, I turned it on. I watched the rest of it. I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. I need to talk about this game tomorrow. And I didn't move from the couch. It was a great game. There was a no good, it was great. No yeah. Me to move. The, I, I didn't watch the end of this game because of the lightning, but the bills chiefs game was also a statement from the Buffalo bills on Sunday night. Like, that was the game. You picked the bills and I picked the chiefs. If I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I'll look it up. Okay. I think, I think you did, but Josh Allen is also making a, uh, see, it's funny because, Early on Sunday at that game, everybody was saying Josh Allen, MVP of the league. And then Lamar Jackson said, hold my beer on Monday. Yeah, we both picked the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, there we go. I thought for some reason I was sitting there and I was just like, Sam picked the Bills. It's like, damn, Sam is good at this. Yeah, point. no, I don't remember what I said. I'm not going to revisionist history here. I think you said that you wanted teams. to pick them, but you were like, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to lose like this. It's home field at Arrowhead, mm-hmm. man. Yep, that's like, what Pat we Mahomes with. can't be this bad. Like the offense can't be this bad, and the Bills just they they can keep up with them points wise, and they can and, and they have a hell of a defense. Yep. hell of a defense, man. <laughs> yep. It's scary. This team is the model to like to beat the Chiefs and you know to just kind of dominate in the AFC. Um, you know they have some contention out west too with the Chargers, which will. We'll get to you too, but you know, yeah, Josh, Josh Allen's here, man. Sean McDermott, your boy, um, just a hell of a combination. And again, when you build your team around what your quarterback can do, you know, the thing that they may lack is a running game, even though Zach Moss doing all right, you know, they, they took a shot with Singletary and I think like TJ Yeldon still on the team or whatever, but um you know, this team, this team can go point for point with you and it's going to be scary. And when you, you just kind of don't think like pun intended here, like the charger, uh, the chiefs are used to chasing points. Like they're used to being behind and, um, and just coming right back 
And it's like, you don't even doubt it. It's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is down by 14. Who cares? Like, it'll be fine. It'll be fun. This will be fun. How many countless playoff games have they done it yep. late in the season? And that magic just isn't here for whatever reason. Uh, it's it's starting to feel like teams may have a recipe for Patrick Mahomes. And that may be hard to, to consume, but once you have enough tape on it, and, and I think what really exposed it, and people were talking about it, and they would continue to talk about it, is the Super Bowl last year is seeing how they were exposed then and how the Bucks beat them then. And teams have pretty much used the same exact – the Bills used that formula in this game and destroyed the Chiefs. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to say this, that um, Sean McVay's uncle, I think, is also involved in this whole thing too with Gruden, by the way. Um We'll we'll talk more in that because that's going to be that's coming to light because there's definitely a McVeigh that's mentioned in there and I they alluded to that. I think Keyshawn was talking about that as well. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. Uh, it starts with their defense, and <laughs> I watched something on Twitter, and it was my boy the Honey Badger, uh, Mr. Matthews, uh, throwing his hands up like several weeks in a row at Mr. Sorison because he keeps getting beat over the top. And Honey Badger is just like, what are you doing? Just hands up. And I don't know. Like, there's a lot going on in the back end. Uh, they're not stopping the run at all. Uh, my Eagles even kept, like, kept up with them for a certain time. And then, obviously, the Chiefs took off from that point. But they do not look good at all. And I don't – they're – they're not looking like they are a championship caliber team and the bills look like they are on their way to the super bowl. That is if they can get past the charges. Yeah. These chargers I, in my notes here, they said the chargers are for real. That's what I put <laughs> uh, my boy, Justin yeah. Herbert, just lighting up the Browns. What a man talk about just, Going back and forth. What was it? Final score, 47, 42, something like that. Don't so wild. Know. Yeah, just a wild, uh, wild game that the Chargers eked out there. Um, entering Sunday afternoon, NFL teams were 401 and zero, 401 and zero in the Super Bowl era when scoring 40 points in a game without committing a turnover. The Browns lost. <laughs> They're 401 and one. They had no turnovers, scored 42 points, and still lost to the Chargers. Which I don't know what this says more about the Chargers or the, the Browns, but this, you know, this offense is good. The running game is great. Receivers are good. The defense, you know, um, both sides of the ball, the lines are are um, are tight. They're big. They're fast. Rashawn Slater is a force, a left tackle for the Chargers. And again, this is healthy Derwin James, Kenneth, healthy Kenneth Murray. Oh yeah, Joey Bosa. This is I, this is uh, going to get fun, guys. The Browns will never win with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. Baker Mayfield will never win a Super Bowl. He's not a bad quarterback at all. Just not going to win. It's just not going to happen. You have that talented roster. 
and not doing anything. And here's the crazy part is if you look at the roster of the Browns, he faces a lot of his peers around his same age bracket. So it's going to say it's going to be put up or shut up time for, for Baker. And I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens. Yes. There's some injuries and you can make that excuse, but this is the NFL. You go out there and do what you got to do. Lamar has been doing it with four running backs that are went down and all that. And they're still killing it. Um, you, you know, what hurts my soul, Sam? What's that, Brandon? Is that somebody can't cook anymore because they finger is injured. No, who are you talking about? That'd be Russ. Not mm. not not to be confused with the one that's in LA with the Lakers. Um, yeah, man, that Russ injury is tough to watch. My man could not bend his finger at all, Sam. After throwing the pass hitting his hand on the helmet of Aaron Donald, who was Mr. Disruptive. Uh, He did not come back. Gino looked pretty good, though. I'm not going to lie. Gino Smith looked pretty good, but I'd be intrigued to see what Gino Smith does this week. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I don't know. I watched a lot of Gino Smith for a long time. (laughs) I've never seen him look that good. But at the same time, I wouldn't expect it again. But he never had, you know, the weapons and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that – that he had in New York, but still, I don't know where this Gino came from, but my Jets chat, which is very active on Sundays, uh, was out of nowhere. I, I stopped watching the game for a little bit and I was doing something else and I'm getting all these texts from Dave and other Jeff fans. And I'm like, what, why, why is this? Ha- why are we talking right now? Like, why are we conversing? And I look and I see that Gino's in a game and I'm like, Oh, sh- I got to turn it on. And he looked good. That pick wasn't even like, wasn't even his fault. Like it was, he looked good, but I wouldn't, I, you know, I think the, I think someone's turning back into a pumpkin. So I wouldn't worry too much <laughs> Jeez, about it. Jeez. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. This, this, this is that Jets. Could you imagine if Geno Smith like keeps the Seahawks afloat in one of the toughest divisions in football, if not the toughest? <laughs> uh That'd be pretty interesting. But again, I mean, he sat behind behind Russ for some years now, right? Jameis sat behind Drew for a couple of years now, too. So he may have learned something. The game may have slowed down for him now. And and he may have been a sponge. I Who knows? I mean, the only way we're going to find out is when we come back here next Tuesday or next Wednesday when you guys hear us and uh, we talk about it then, because that's when we can really say, okay, well, he is who we thought he was. Um, also, very, very thankful that my Eagles won. And yeah, not too happy that Sam Darnold looked like Sam Darnold with the Jets. He looked terrible. So it kind of almost justifies some Jets fans like, oh, okay, cool. It wasn't just us. It was, it was him too. Um, he's been throwing picks left and right ever since that Cowboys game. So I'm not upset with that. Um, but yeah, is there any other thing that stuck out to you, Sam? The double punt on Thursday night football. That was wild. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Mm-mm. The punter dropped the ball and then like kicked it again, which I guess you can do. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, that was wild. Um, the London game, it was fun to wake up at nine 30. I mean, I was already up and uh watch football but it wasn't so much fun when kyle pitts and cordero patterson are just tearing up your football team um and you know much like the colts defense last night where 
they're running this hairy up the Ravens and the Colts are gassed and just can't get off the field and they're playing back and you know, they're letting Mark Andrews beat them because they don't want to let Lamar beat them. The Jets defense played pretty well, but they were gassed and just couldn't get off the field and their quarterback didn't give them any time to not get gassed. Yeah. I, I, I listened to uh, Daniel Jeremiah today and he said, uh, he said, I, I said that Wilson was going to have the most problems out of any quarterback. And he said, because he's, he was a cocky player in college. And he's like, that's now catching up to him. I still think he has all the arm talent in the world, but I think it's, he's a rookie. Again, I know we're, we're amazed by the likes of Mahomes and Lamar Jackson's and, and Justin Herbert's that they come out here and they just ball right away. Not everybody's going to do that. Uh, but right. shout out to Justin Fields for balling because he should have been the quarterback at the beginning of the season. Uh, and he's proven that too. Uh, but you know, what's going to happen to me, Sam, I had Kyle Pitts on my bench. I have him in both of my leagues on my bench sitting there with glorious 26 points from him. <laughs> I'm going to put him in this week and he's going to give me, Five points <laughs> is exactly what's going to happen. Well, don't and, put them in this week because the Falcons are on a bye. Don't oh, that's do true. that. That's true. Fantasy so advice. There you go. There you from, go. Don't do that. From, from Sam. Sam. There you go. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Save me already. Look at that. Yeah, you got it. Don't worry, bro. I got nice. your back. I'm sure I would have saw that, but I thank you in advance. Yeah. Now, I don't yeah, no it. problem. Um, yeah, let's let's go into our our picks, man. You know, let's let's uh, let's get that rundown, Sam. I know you're still supposed to bring week one back but you know let's talk about yeah. week five see we have <laughs> if you follow us on instagram we do the picks every week where you get to vote um for your picks and like w- week one brandon and i've both voted so i, I was just going to use that data but it's kind of hard to get that data and i've every time i go to do it i forget so we still don't have week one. That's, <laughs> I'm just a peek behind the curtain here, man. Uh, I appreciate your honesty. Careers, man. kids, yeah. life, yeah, life yeah, goes listen, on. Yeah, that's a fact. But <laughs> I can report that week five, we tied at 10 and six. Which is so wild. So wild. Yeah. Some notable games that we got right or wrong. We both thought the Jets were going to win. Uh, I picked the Rams. You picked the Seahawks. Uh, you picked the Lions. I picked the Vikings. You picked the Packers. I picked the Bengals. Uh, we both thought the Browns were going to beat the Chargers, stuff like that. But we both yeah. went ten and six, so you're still two games up on me, forty four and twenty, and forty two and twenty two. So I think it's only time that we move on to week six. Let's go. Let's get this done. Week six picks. Dun, 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 dun. Pick, pick six. six. You know what I mean? There you go. All right. Let's start off Thursday night football. Okay, teams on by Falcons. Saints, Jets, 49ers. Mm-hmm. So 14 games to choose from. The Buccaneers at your Philadelphia Eagles. Well, you know who I'm cheering for, but I'm going with the Bucks, even with Tom Brady and his bad finger or whatever is going on. But he always has trouble with the Eagles. So I know who I'm really picking, but it's going to be the Bucks right here. I agree with you. It's it's the Bucks here. I you know, um it's gonna be hard to run on a on this Buccaneers front seven. So good luck, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. And oh don't Jay don't Miles. worry about it. The Eagles don't run anyway. They just yeah, that's true. Ball, you're, so don't you're worry absolutely about it. Right. They have nothing to worry about there. <laughs> yeah. Well their secondaries, you know, you could we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for the folks in London 
uh, I have friends there. Um, like this is football. Week one, we bring you the Falcons and the Jets, and now we will bring you the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars for your viewing entertainment. Who you got? Uh, Miami. That's fair. I'm going to pick the Jaguars. Okay. Okay. I don't know if Tua is playing or not. I think he's practicing. Wait, who is Miami's quarterback right now? Is it Brissett? Yeah. Yeah, I got to go Miami. The Houston Texans play the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going with the Colts because they're going to definitely be fired up after this loss. I hope so. Um, And if you're not, then there's some other issues. But um, I'm going to pick the Colts, too. Bengals at the Lions. Are there any other, like, how many different ways can the Lions lose heartbreaking games? Is this going to be another one? Shout out to Dan Campbell. Yeah, man. I've said this already. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I he's we said it last week, and then the way that he broke down, I immediately thought of you, and I was like, like this is a good damn man. I was like, and you know that his guys are gonna come out fighting, but I the Bengals are just too strong. But I think this is gonna be another close game for the Lions. But here's here's what I'm going to say now: the Lions will be a playoff team next year. Calling that right now, wild card. All right, is um Jared Goff the quarterback of the? Lions next year? I don't think he's doing too bad. So I don't see I don't think why so not. either. I yeah. don't think he's doing too bad. So yeah, good trade for the uh Lions, especially knowing that Stafford wanted out, you know. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, and we say this the team's 0-5, but still they've played they've played hard, man. They've played yes, really they have. Hard. Nobody's doubting them with their their uh play style. That said, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bengals. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that yeah. offense is too yeah. good. Do you agree with me? Yes, yes. All right. How about the Vikings at the Carolina Panthers? Uh, this is going to be an interesting game um, to pick. Mm, Vikings won this past week? Yes. They won against the Lions, right? Yes. Uh, I don't think Sam has three bad games in a row. I'm going to go Panthers. You're about to say Darnold. Kind of queued that up for you. <laughs> kind of queued that up for you. What do you got? So you're saying Panthers. I'll say Vikings. Okay. What do we got next? The Kansas City Chiefs at the Washington football team. Uh, that's a no-brainer. Kansas City Chiefs. Did, didn't I say that the Washington football team's defense was overrated at the beat before the season started? Yeah, they have not shown us. This is not last year's defense for okay. sure, man. Just, just thought I'd say that. How about the Chargers at the Ravens? This is going to be a great game. One o'clock in Baltimore. Uh, yeah, this is, this is going to be hard. I mean, the Chargers are – they're balling. But you're coming to Baltimore, and after that, the way that they've been playing and the way they've been charged up, I'm going Ravens. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Ravens, too. I really like this Charger team, but going cross-country, your home in Baltimore, I, I agree with you. This Lamar's just locked. I mean, Herbert's locked in, too, but Lamar is just unstoppable right now. That's for sure. Um, he took a half off, and he still <laughs> beat the Colts, so. 
Uh, I'm going to go Ravens too. All right. How about Packers at the Bears? Justin Bears. Fields named quarterback QB1 moving forward. The Bears. You're going Bears, huh? All right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick the Packers. Any reason you feel so strongly? Packers have been playing extremely too close in their past two or three games. Uh, and the Bears are, they, their defense is still there. And now that they actually have a viable quarterback, I think that they uh, can do what they what they are supposed to do and have been wanting to do for a while. So I think they beat the Packs. All right. How about the Rams going cross country to New York to play the Giants? Well, it's the little Giants because apparently they're <laughs> going to be recruiting from them because they don't have any of their like star players. So it's definitely the Rams. Yeah, Saquon hurt. Um, Shepard didn't start. Uh, Slayton, Andrew Thomas, Daniel yeah. Jones got a concussion. Kenny yeah, that, Galladay. That looked, that looked bad. He looked like yeah. somebody drunk, just stumbling all over themselves. Like, yeah, it looked bad for him. Yeah, he got lit up. So I'm going to say you're, you're picking the Rams there. Mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals at the Cleveland Browns. Tyler Murray. <laughs> And D Hop. All right. I'm picking the Browns. Hmm. Browns, be, Browns are going to stop them from being undefeated, huh? Hey, anything's possible. So, okay. I mean, it's true. Cowboys at the Patriots. I think this game is going to be closer than people think it is. Uh, but I still, right now, the Cowboys are too on fire. Dakota is. Is balling out of his mind. So, yeah, gotta gotta go. Ugh, hurts. Gotta go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a big Cowboys. Um, I just think they're the better team. They're not home, but I mean, and the Giants were, you know, undermanned, but still they had their way with the Giants last week. And um, a little tougher opponent here, but um, I, this defense is playing really well too. And uh, we'll see but I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Raiders visit the Broncos. Do the Raiders rally around their new coach? I don't even know who it is. No, the Raiders round, uh, rally around Derek Carr, um, and he's going to ball out of his mind because now he finally doesn't have a coach there that doesn't want him uh, every season. So he's going to ball out to be like, yeah, Dad, this is what you're missing out on, man. This is what he's going to do. It's going to be one of those situations. <laughs> Didn't Derek Carr buy a house like right next door to John Gruden or vice versa? <laughs> I, they live I, next door to each other. That's pretty interesting. <clears throat> it's fantastic. <laughs> hey, Dad, this is what we did at practice today. <laughs> Telling you, man, just watch. He's going to pull out his mind. The Broncos, I said it before, too. They didn't play anybody. And I love Teddy Two Gloves, but they are looking not great at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Raiders, too. Um Seahawks at Steelers. This is Sunday night. I'm going to go with the team that you probably didn't think I was going to go with here, and that is going to be the Seahawks. Ooh. Gino. You're believing in the Gino hype. I like I don't, it. I don't really believe in Gino. I believe in the rest of the Seahawks, yeah, and I don't fair. believe in the Steelers, so there's <laughs> that. That's fair, man. Man, could the NFL flex out of this game? I mean <laughs> – yeah, we gotta watch this on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, here's here's a good Monday night football game: the Bills at the Titans. 
Wait, you're going Seahawks too, or are you going Steelers? I'm going Steelers. Okay, gotcha. I'm gotcha. Going Steelers. Monday Night Football: Bills, Titans. Bills are on fire, man. I, it's hard for me to go against them, but Tannehill hasn't been playing bad either. Um, but I'm not going against the Bills because nobody circles the wagon like you know. I, I know. <laughs> okay, Boomer. <laughs> Don't try those, to take my line. <laughs> those are our picks for week six. That was fun. Again, we'll we'll see. You got a two-game lead on me. Um, you know. Hey, it's time for Fight Corner. Did you watch Fury Wilder 3? There's no way I did not watch that fight. Um, that fight was amazing. I watched it at Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, and it was a fight. I will tell you that much. Wilder. So I was going for Wilder, but I thought better and knew Fury was going to win, which he did. But the knockdowns in this fight and then how Fury knocked him out at the end. I don't think anybody now can say that Wilder is not a true fighter, even though he is not a true boxer. He's more of a slugger, uh, brawler, a person that just throws haymakers. And he was gassed by the sixth round. And you could see that. He was completely gassed, but he still kept fighting, still put Tyson down, still hit him with some shots. But Fury has he's an actual boxer. He's got the weirdest body in the world. Looks like he came out of men in black. But <laughs> I can honestly tell you this, that man can box and he has the craziest stamina in the world because after the fight, he went to a club that Steve Aoki was performing at and was in the DJ booth and was wilding out. So I mean, there, there's that. Um, he, he had a. I thought in like the third, fourth round, like, like Wilder was done, and then a couple rounds later, you know, those two knockdowns, Fury. I was like, oh wow, there's a, you know, he's getting him with the jab, and then that, you know, you kept hearing all night, and I've seen, you know, I've seen it, that that right, that right hook. And you got to give it to Wilder, at least. Like, he hung in there as long as he could. He went down like a paperweight. But, um, you know, it was uh, it was an entertaining fight, man. I, I haven't watched too much boxing in my day, but had I had some friends over or was at a friend's house and watched that, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it, was it was great. A great atmosphere, and, um, yeah, I was, I was into it. I thought it was a great match. I agree. I agree so much. It was, uh, I'm glad there's going to be no more of that. Uh, cause I don't need to see that again, but I need, I need boxing to start doing what UFC does and actually start putting the people that everybody wants to see fight fight instead of these guys ducking each other because of their record. You're supposed to be out here trying to beat the best people so you can be claimed or you can be the best person. So I hope boxing, takes note of what UFC does because they do that very, very well, even though they're still ran by an idiot. But there's that. <laughs> We're not even talking about UFC and you get the Dana White. Yep. Slander all the time. Dana White, 100%. Hey, new segment. Ready? It's called What the Hell? What the Hell, New York Yankees? This is a week old here. We, we got on the mics last week. We let the episode air anyway we're like talking we have our pinstripe colored glasses on talking about our baseball team what the hell new york yankees 
Sam, what did I say to you that episode before we left? I said about Garrett Cole, I said, if he gives up two to three runs within the first four innings, he's going to get pulled. Well, he got pulled in the third inning. And it went all downhill from there. Joey Gallo, I don't know what you have to do over the offseason, but you're going to need to – I want you to sleep and live in a batting cage so you never strike out again. Sleep with a bat in your head, just in the strike zone. Just don't fall asleep without it because you strike out way too much. I think, ironically, uh, former Yankee, Alex Rodriguez said this today. He said the problem is with the Yankees is that they have a bunch of big guys – like Aaron Judge. They don't need more Aaron Judges because they are have Aaron Judge and Gene Carlo, but then they went out and got Gallo. Like they don't need guys like them, even though Gene Carlo finally did something good this year. He was um, healthy. He played the field. I, I know. Was, I know. I'm, I'm not. Stud. I'm giving him his, his thing, but he's been with the Yankees for how many years now, Sam? Like um, five? Yeah, three or four, four. Yeah, and and has he has he been as clutch as he had was this no. year? Or played? Okay, so no, but all but all of the but all of the slander needs to go away from Giancarlo now. Uh, I, I can't do that yet. It's, this is one. He was the most clutch player on this team this year, and okay. in the wild card game. Okay, that's he, again. he played the field. He was healthy. This year, I I just think like. I think he, you know, everyone's been waiting for him to earn his pinstripes, quote unquote. I think he finally did. I think he had a great year. I think if you knew you were getting the year that you were getting out of Judge and staying predominantly healthy all year, how is this team? How does this team not win a hundred games? I'm not arguing about this year. That's why I brought up the the five years. Gotcha. I'm not arguing this year. That's why I started off by saying that. Gene Carlo did what he did this year, but prior to that, he hasn't been worth his contract whatsoever. And I think you can agree with that. Hasn't been worth the contract That's before fair. that, right? This year he he started to do that. Yes, I, I you said that he earned his pinstripes this year. I think he had a great year this year. I want to see him do it next year. Because if he does it next year, even if he his first half he starts out blazing, or if he even blazes the second half of the year, I will give him his pinstripes as you have now. But I. I need to see more. I need him to be consistent. Judge, he's been – he could have won the MVP this year, but we know he's not going to. Um, but he balled out this year, right? But Gallo, I know they picked him up. We need guys that are like uh, uh, the Kike Hernandez's of the world. We need players like that that do the small things and get base because all this power play that the Yankees are using, like we're power. Without power, we're nothing. That's three true outcomes, and no one epitomizes that more than Joey Gallo. Yeah. Walk, yeah. home run, strikeout. Mm-hmm. And this team is just soft. Like, <laughs> Thank you. I'm writing my notes. I wrote notes. I, I told you, before, you know, during the game, and I just wrote soft team, soft owner, soft manager. Even though I don't think Boone out was outmanaged. Boone wasn't outmanaged. And I don't know how much of the managing Boone actually does, but this team is really soft. And Hal Steinbrenner is not his father. He will never be. And I know they shouldn't even be compared. But nope. um, Gallo hitting fifth. Like, why? Yeah. Stanton's so hot and you have this automatic out behind you. This is crazy <laughs> to me. You want to talk about an automatic out? 
Gary Sanchez. Yeah, he didn't even play in the wild card game. I know. So yeah. what do we have him there for? Yeah, I've been know. saying this for years. What does Gary Sanchez pitcher, do? Your ace pitcher doesn't want to pitch to him. <laughs> he had he uses Kyle Agashioka every single yeah, well, time. His, and his friend too. But yes, still. but it's definitely his friend. I know he he played ball with him like in college travel. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or played whatever, ball. Yeah. I think it was like travel ball or something sure. like that, right? So he's known Kyle for quite some time, right? But let's be honest. When Kyle is in the lineup, when Cole is, that's almost an automatic out every single time. I'm he's got sorry. Some pop, but yeah, I, you're right. He's you're got right. some pop, but he does nothing, right? He he really does nothing. Like he's a phenomenal uh play caller, uh pitch caller, but that's about it. I don't see anything else from him. So the Yankees really have to like I, I was loving what they were starting to do. Sam, which was really, really use their their farm system and trade for younger players and and build them up and and do all this. And it's just like, okay, like that's kind of like going stagnant. I know you and I both know that there's some some guys waiting in the shadows right now that they could probably use. But I think next year, the, the issue prior to this was pitching. And then that's what imploded on this one, too, after we went and got this guy, Garrett Cole, who's arguably one of the best pitchers in the league and he didn't match up to his his potential and that game that is the game that we pay you the money for and i don't mean we what the yankees biggest game in his yankee career for sure um i don't think he was healthy i'm not making excuses he came boone came out and he just goes i'm done or something like that or get me out um I, i think that hamstring was still a problem you know, you take you're the ace, you get paid $36 million a year. You're gonna take the ball. I'm not making excuses for him. He did not pitch well. But um, you know, I think the the air was sucked out of this team with that with Phil Nevin letting Judge fly around third and, and get out at home. Oh my that, god, that that, that is oh. egregious, man. Oh. Like he was out by a mile, mm. like a mile. Mm. I'm screaming at the television, like. How do you send him there? I don't know. I so still... many base running mistakes this year. I think they tied the Royals for like the most base running outs, like 22 or something like that. That sounds familiar. I just, you know, facts don't matter on this podcast. Clearly, we're just throwing out, <laughs> I'm throwing out numbers here, but um, like this team, man, Rizzo better be back. Yes. Yes. I agree with you on that one. So that you think they move void then? Yeah, I think they move Voight. Because he's think too injured move, too much? I think they probably don't tender Sanchez a contract. Good. I wouldn't. Um, I think they – here's a question. I heard this on, on WFAN New York City um, a couple days ago. Do you trade Stan? He's at the height of his – I don't think he's been worth more than he's worth right now as a Yankee. Do you try to get something from him? I tried to, I think you try to get pitching. Me, the Corey Kluber thing didn't work. Me, I, I definitely think you you trade him um, because of what I said before. And like you said, he's at his height. It's essentially like what the Yankees got about. He came off from being an MVP and then they got him at that height. And it was just like, oh, let down, right? So now he's up playing the way that he is. I think you, like you said, I think you trade him for some pitching and some young position players because we need, I don't even know what's going on in the infield anymore. Like we have Geo, we have uh, what you call it. You have DJ, you have Rizzo, you have Voight, you have Erman who plays outfield and is also not Erman. Um, 
what's his name? Uh, Tyler Wade. No, the uh, the guy who's played third. Thank you, Andujar. Plays outfield and and infield, right? Um, you got Torres or what's his name? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, can't even think of, I can't even think no. of flavor. He just he just pisses me off sometimes too. Uh because he was supposed to be so great. I know he man. It's really such a bummer. It, it just uh, but, such a bummer. Yeah, the Yankees, like I'm looking at their infield, and then I just look at the Rays and I just see all the young talent that they have there of two players on the same team that are basically fighting for rookie of the year. <laughs> two players on the same team and then all the pitching that they continue to get it's like they go and they're like let's see what the pirates get let's just go talk to the pirates okay you got a good pitcher again let's just keep taking pictures from you because they keep taking pictures from the pirates um yeah I, I there's a lot that i would do um i have a question for you before you move on because i feel we've been here too long and done Sorry. talking about the Yankees no it's okay I it's my notes it's it's okay you I mean you know I I mean I called it that the Yankees weren't going to win this year but I also called the yeah, White Sox winning think, this year too and the White Sox I'm not surprised I'm not surprised this team was like I think that was the biggest thing from last week we said I'm not trying to hedge either like I was trying to be optimistic like feeling good but like this team was not playing well this team is not built well this team is soft and we just, I just knew my heart of hearts, we weren't going to win this game. But do you think it's time for Cashman to go? No, I, I, I love Brian Cashman. Like, I didn't agree. I didn't agree with getting rid of Girardi at first, but I understand the needing a new voice. I don't even know what to make of Boone, but I think like Cashman's still like the like you trade Mike Talkman for Wandy Peralta. Why wasn't Wandy in this wildcard game? I don't know. But you you get Clay Holmes, Tyone. You're trying like he's still off a of Tommy John surgery. You got a you got a couple more years left with him. But you he looked good. Kluber was a mistake, or it didn't pan out. Like you didn't get Corey Kluber that we both thought you were getting. Yes, so, uh, Severino's going to be healthy. You got Herman. I like Cashman. Uh, but I can understand if you you want to change, but um, I, I I don't know. At the same time, he built this team. I don't know. You're yeah, right. I've yeah. gone back and forth on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Reading reports today, it was Buster only or somebody saying like, "Don't be surprised if Aaron Boone stays." You know. Yeah, I've been seeing I that think, too. I think the Yankees need a scapegoat somehow. I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, you know? I think the Yankees need somebody that is going to be a fun loving coach but also going to be like, you're playing like crap, right? I, I think they need that that stern figure in there. And I feel like Boone is just kind of like, again, I don't know his coaching style. And like you said, I don't know how much he does of coaching. But, I mean, when I see him, he just always seems like just so easy going. Like, I, I would want to be – I want a guy that's just going to be like downright in your ear and be like, I'm not trying to make coach upset. Like, that's, that's the type of thing that I kind of want to see for them because I think that's going to push them – over the edge instead of being the, Oh, you know, we need a guy for these young players. It's like, okay, these guys just need toughness. They need to understand. And I understand why they made that move for Joe Girardi, but who's to say that they wouldn't have been better with him or not. But I mean, I can't speak in, in past tense. We're here now. Yeah. Um, just like we're here now with Kyrie. Mm. Yeah. Hey, do you care? Mm. Brooklyn Nets general manager, Sean Mark said Tuesday that Kyrie Irving's decision 
not to comply with New York City's COVID-19 vaccine mandate left the organization with no choice but to send him away from the team until he's ready to fully participate. Hayes, do you care? I'm so pissed off about this. Uh, You have your... It's your choice, whether I agree with it or not, to get vaccinated or not. Completely your choice. You're your own person. You do as you please with your body. Your body is your temple. But here's the thing. You and KD were talking about creating a championship team. You now have said championship team, potential championship team. And you are the piece that helps this team go over the top where everybody looks at this team and says, how in the hell do you beat this team with that offensive power? And now that you have chosen not to get your vaccination, it was originally that he would be able to practice with the team. Uh, First, he wasn't going to be able to practice with the team. Then he was granted the ability to practice with the team. And then now because of the mandate, he would never be able to play the home games with the team um, and in certain arenas throughout the United States uh, because of their their state's vaccination mandate. Then it went to now you are not doing it at all. Now, I don't know if you saw this or not, Sam, but apparently KD and James Harden were going to talk to the governor to try to see if they could do something to get Kyrie in there. But that was shut down. I heard I saw an article of it, a very quick glimpse of it, and then I didn't hear anything after it because of the Sean Marks uh, statement that he put out. Uh People are talking about trades. I don't think anybody wants Kyrie because Kyrie has already said if he gets traded that he's going to retire. And trust me when I say he will retire 100% if you trade him. Um, but I, I, what reports are saying, Stephen I said this, a couple other people are saying is that KD is basically to the point that it's like, obviously he would love for Kyrie to be there, but if he's not there, it is like basically you're not going to be here. You're not going to put up for the team. Then, we just don't need you to be here, uh, which now has gotten people thinking because James Harden, this is his last year. He's going to, he said he's going to test free agency. Doesn't mean that he's going to go anywhere else, but you have Daryl Morey right there and down the turnpike in Philadelphia, who is who he absolutely loves that would love to put him with Joel Embiid because that's a perfect pairing. Um, and that's scary. So I don't know what happens. I, I, I really think Kyrie is going to cave and get his vaccination shot because I think he's going to sit there and think about it. Um, but he really may not. And I think he's also completely okay with that decision too. So I, I'm between yeah. a rock and a hard place, man. There's a article in the athletic that I was reading uh, this, this evening from Sam and Mech, And the headline is Kyrie Irving proves again, he's comfortable being uncomfortable. And I don't know if there's another way to describe him from what we just, we don't know him. We could guess we'd be wrong, but just the way the facts and everything have lined out throughout his career, like that is a more like fitting statement. The crazy, and I totally believe this and made this point maybe to you offline or somebody else, but the craziest part of the Kyrie Irving saga from a basketball standpoint 
the Brooklyn Nets could still win it all, even without him. <laughs> yep. And that, and that's the first two lines of the article, but I totally agree with that because you really like Harden and, and a healthy Kevin Durant and a healthy Harden, a skinny Harden. I don't know if we'll ever see that again, but <laughs> um, this, the bench is, is, is nice. It's deep. This team is still formidable to take on Giannis and to take on whatever the hell's happening in Philly and Miami and of course in LA. So yeah, I, I don't agree with any special treatment. You totally have a right to not get this vaccination, whether you're Kyrie Irving or you're whoever else, but if you don't get it, you are acknowledging I am going to live around the consequences of not getting it. And that means you can't do this or do that. It's part of, we've got, we've, we're like broken records with this at the end of every show. I feel like we're talking about this, but if Kyrie doesn't want to get it, that's fine. Kyrie's not getting paid. Kyrie's not playing basketball. And you know what? He might be okay with that. And if I think he is, and if, if, if that's how it is and that's how it is, but I feel for you as a, a Nets fan and you mortgaged your future to get hard in here. And, and, you know, you were, you were basically a foot over the line from going to the finals. And I, you know, I hope, I hope something gives, I mean, I hope this team just plays well. I think they will. I, 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 but those two pieces alone, bringing LaMarcus Aldridge back who came out of retirement, which would have been a big piece in that battle against the bucks, which I, again, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think, yes, the bucks, bucks won, but they, the Nets would have won with just KD alone without James Harden, without Kyrie. So I think that says enough to me right there. Uh, but with the addition of LA, with the addition, which I don't think people are talking about enough, uh, Patty Mills and Paul Millsap, um, I, I think that is going to be huge because Paul Millsap can, can ball. And I yeah. think that's going to be a huge, huge piece. So um, I, I am upset Uncle Jeff is gone, but – I do like the pieces that they got instead, so I'm okay with it. We'll we'll just see what ha- happens from this point in time. That is for sure. How about this real quick? Do you care? White Sox pitcher Ryan Tapera implied that Houston may be stealing signs in game one and two of the AL Division Series. Chicago won the third game on Sunday night. They ended up losing, and the Red Sox are playing the Astros in the ALCS, so I guess it doesn't matter. But – this whole like storm of like accusations of cheating. And then I was, I was literally going to delete this from our rundown and not talk about it at all. And I just got this, that Carlos Correa called the accusations, disrespectful words with no facts after advancing to the ALCS. So instead of deleting it, I will say, Carlos Correa, you cheated, you got caught, you live with the stigma for the rest of your baseball career. I don't care. It's just how it is, bro. Sorry. I mean, he's been talking real tough as if like he never did anything wrong, but it's just like my guy, like you've done a lot wrong. <laughs> you you've all done like a lot wrong um on that team. A lot of the core people that are still there. Uh I don't care cuz now I see the results of being the Red Sox and the Strohs, two teams that I could care less about and it's going to make me like i barely watched these two series because they're both in it and they were 
dominating these series out of that. Uh, so I probably won't be watching the ALCS. Um, I'll probably be watching the NL. Um, I actually spoke to a young lady. She just said that they hope that they all just somehow, some way, it's just a draw and they just have to be disqualified and just the NL place for the <laughs> World Series. I was like, that'd be great. I'd take that. It's not going to happen, though. Um, but I am not surprised that the Astros are accused of cheating. They're going to be accused of cheating no matter what they do. That's in their DNA now. And as you said, it's just now you just got to live with it. It just is what it is. Hey, so. man, you made your bed. Just mm-hmm. you're sleeping in it. Yep. So, hey, last one. Do you care? It's opening night of the NHL season. Do you care? No, but shout outs to the Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a great name. And their jerseys are pretty dope. But, nay, I don't give a damn about this. If the Rangers ain't winning, I don't care. Yeah, go Rangers. Uh, I don't follow enough about outside of ranger world to really understand um anymore same but um the garden for ranger games outstanding so i recommend 10 out of 10 would do again and uh that's our show anything uh anything you want to add left out looking forward to this week um i wouldn't say I wouldn't say this week. Um, I'd say next week because I will not be here next week uh, because I will be away in Minneapolis and it's opening week of the NBA. Uh, my, my nets will be playing the bucks and Milwaukee. So I'm hoping that they show out and show them what it would have been like if they faced them full strength, uh, even though they're still missing Kyrie, but Harden and Katie should be more than enough. Um, I don't remember if there's a UFC event this weekend. I think there might be or next weekend. Um, but yeah, you know, also just looking, looking forward to flying Sam with this, you know, my formerly compromised healing foot and uh, yeah, coming back to you the following Tuesday and getting this podcast going. Oh, so we're off next week. Yeah. Well, you got a little vacation, Sam. You got a little vacation. I didn't even know this. Mm-hmm. I'm learning this on the fly. There you go. What am I gonna do? Uh, watch sports. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Much deserved, my friend. I, I also should have said I'm looking forward to watching the Eagles potentially win. Potentially, Thursday night football should be fun. And that's our show again for Brandon. My name is Sam. Thanks so much for listening to Chasing Points podcast. However you listen, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast and. Uh, until next time, peace. Uh, so I just want to say to you guys, next time you're in the mall, avoid any candle store if you can. I went into Bath and Body Works the other day, first time in there in like five years i'd probably say all the sales that they had and the smells that they had enticed me too much they had linen smells strawberry shortcake smells blueberry smells all the smells of the world and i caved they had two for 20 (laughs) i signed right up for that two for 20 it was it's delicious got one of the candles burning right now smells good wish you guys could smell it but avoid those places at all costs they will 
consume all of the money that is lining your wallet. So it's just a disclaimer. And then, you know, for the basic ones, you know what they got for you right now, a whole section of pumpkin spice and spice donut and all that fally stuff. So, I mean, if that's your cup of tea, by all means, go for it. They got some nice hand sanitizers too, because some of this hand sanitizer out here be smelling like, ugh. but avoid it at all costs. Love y'all. Bye.